Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Quick note before we jump into this episode. Uh, I was having a little bit of uh, audio <laughs> trouble. I'm on a new rig right now, and I didn't have my mic set up uh, perfectly, evidently. I was managed. I managed to get it mostly under control, to so where it doesn't sound terrible. But uh, you might notice that my audio sounds a little bit off in this episode, uh, a little bit clippy. I apologize for that. I, I think I have edited it to where it's not too harsh. Uh, also, there are a couple parts early on where uh, I was. My internet was kind of lagging a little bit because of some storms. I think that that had come through. Uh, Jay and Travis don't come. Th- there are a few parts where their audio, where their audio starts to really get messed up, and I'm going to try to edit most of that out. But I, I'll probably end up having to leave some of it in. So, um, but that that does go away fairly early on in the, in the episode. So, sorry about all these audio issues. Uh, I think I've got everything fixed, so that next time should be smoother. And I th- again, I think I've got it pretty much under control to where it's not painful to listen to. So, just wanted to go ahead and apologize for that off the bat. And um, I guess that's it. So uh, thank you for listening, and I'll uh, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to episode number 168 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is October 21st, 2021. With me is the amazing Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, good evening. And I had promised Michelle from PD's Power Hour, but there have been a there has been a change of plans. Um, as most of y'all probably know, we're a little bit late getting this one done. Jay's had a lot of stuff going on. I've had a lot of stuff going on. This timing didn't work out for Michelle, but we do have another very special surprise for everybody. Travis from, where do I even say you're from, Travis? Polly, fill in the blank, uh, mess, or no, Polly, fill in the blank, and fill in the the blank friend. So, uh, mess friend, (laughs) drunk friend, Polly, kill, podcast, Polly, media network. If you say Polly one more time, I swear to God. (laughs) <laughs> what, what other oh, t- what am I tales of the out? lesser medium don't forget that one that's <laughs> my favorite one the one that nobody listens to tales of the lesser medium that's your favorite one yeah why not it's a so good one it's, it takes think... forever to put those together so I, I love it just because I've I've spilled a lot of blood and sweat on it so it's it's a good yeah. one I think yeah. um I mean I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be like the uh just kind of go along with the trend. I think Drunk Friend is probably my favorite, but I think I think uh, Tales of the Lesser Medium is my second favorite. Oh, great concept. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, well, it's and it's hard to top anything the old SNES drunk's on. He's just he's just too good. <laughs> he, he he is good that SNES drunk. He's he's such a guy. 
You wanna, oh man! You want to give us a quick update on on what's been going on with with your podcast and all lately? Anything you want to just like throw out there? Let us know what sure. you've been talking about. Yeah, so I mean, we got uh, well with drunk friend as you alluded to. I do that with Snash Drunk, who's no stranger to your audience because he's been on here a couple of times. I was on here with him one time, and, mm-hmm. and then I was so excited I got to come on here without him. It was like I, I got my wings. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's been great to to not have to be shackled to him all the time. Um, but no, uh, so Drug Friend, we, we interview a bunch of people. So last uh, this episode that's coming out tomorrow, actually, I don't know when your folks get this, but on Friday, on October 22nd, uh, uh, we interviewed uh, Zygor of Zygor Gaming, and that's a, a neat little YouTube channel uh, that covers gaming. It's it's not too indifferent from uh, SNES Drunk, to be honest. And um, we got Michelle over there with Petey's Power Hour. She's also on the network, so I guess she was going to be here, and now everyone has to be disappointed that it's me instead. But uh, if you like, you know, beverages, she's she's going she's going hard on that. And um, you've been feature, you've been on that podcast, Rob. You love it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it was fun. It's yeah. a good podcast. You, you learn a lot and you quench your thirst, which is great. Yep. Um, Tales of the Lesser Medium. We're still cooking on those. Those take forever, so I won't even really spend a lot of time on that. But they are they are great. They're funny. I I'm proud of them. So um, I like those. And then Polykill. We're just out there. We're just beating the games on our backlogs, boys. It's Life's hard. There's too many games, to be honest with you. And so we just um, uh, fight that battle. It's a tough one. I've got, I will never, like, I've just kind of come to the, I, I've given up on half of my backlog. Like, back in, <laughs> like, the early 2010s, when Humble Bundle was really big, and, like, Steam sales were still, like, a really big thing, uh... I used to just go nuts anytime there was anything like that. It would. It was obscene. And then you'd be like, oh, I got this game for like 33 cents. I'm like, what happened to the last bundle you got? Have you played any of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have humble bundles somewhere on the internet that are rightly mine. I have no idea how to get them. I forgot passwords oh, yeah, yeah. long ago. That happens. I've gotten a lot yeah. better about it lately, but I mean, I probably, I mean, I, I'm trying to pull up Steam right now. It's having a little trouble. Because uh, I think it got screwed up when I tried rebooting, resetting my internet. But like, I have so many games that I'm just like, no, I'm never. E- I don't even have any interest in installing that and even trying it because it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there. So that, I mean, that's what that podcast truly is all about. Yeah, just yeah. fighting through that sweet, sweet backlog of games. And I guess I'll plug one more thing before we get into the episode. But uh, this this Sunday. Um, on my, on my Nest Friend YouTube channel, which is, I guess, another thing I can plug. I got so many plugs. We are going to, uh, me and Steve are going to be going through our collections again. We did this a couple of times where we yeah yeah show our faces like a bunch of idiots uh, and <laughs> uh, show off our collections and stuff. And so this coming up uh, Sunday, uh, October 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be showing off our Xbox stuff. And he has some, he has a Vectrix and he has a Tapwave Zodiac, which is a weird thing I didn't know existed what until is he it? mentioned it. Tapwave Zodiac. You'll have to Google it to figure out what it is. It's like a Palm Pilot. It's from the mid-aughts, and it's it's a strange Whoa. contraption. Yeah, huh. a strange little contraption. Um, couple Odyssey uh, consoles and stuff like that, and so it, it's pretty fun. We don't have, like, immaculate collections, but it's still fun to pull, like, do some show and tell. So, uh, so that's, this, that's this Sunday. You're, you're live streaming it on YouTube, right? Uh, yep, yep. You've dropped in there before and uh, chastised us a bit. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is fun. <laughs> Um, and actually that, I'm glad you brought that up. That was one thing that I was going to ask you about. It's like every time you come on, I have to ask you about a different thing and I don't quite get to everything that I want to ask you about. (laughs) That that was going to be the topic 
this time that I wanted to cover with you uh, quickly before we get started on the episode proper is I want to talk about your uh, collection. So okay. you are, we've never really discussed this on here. So as you kind of just alluded to right now, you're, you're a bit of a collector. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you give us an idea of how big your collection is, what kind of stuff you have in it, and all that? Sure, yeah. And I will, I will, you know, hedge this by saying it's not the biggest collection out there, but I do enjoy collecting quite a bit. I'm mostly focused on the NES. I guess I have some loose aspirations of getting most of them. There are certainly a few that you just can't get as a reasonable adult like your little samsons and, little Samson, and your, yeah. in your championship cards and your in your uh stadium events uh, i don't know how attainable that is but you know we'll see how close we get mm-hmm. so uh in all of of the ones i have counted and i do of course if you collect you have this on an app ready to go i mean collectors have stats at their fingertips so uh physical medium uh tw- 2500 is is roughly <laughs> what Holy i have shit, that's pretty awesome yeah, but I knew it's, it's it was pretty. Out, I knew it was pretty huge. I didn't. I didn't really have an estimate, but I, I knew it was big. It's it's a, a good girth uh, for sure. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> <Every time. laughs> oh, a, a whoa out of the background from Jay, <laughs> but a little bit of everything. So, like I said, I go hard on the NES. Right. Um, I go hard on the N sixty four because I think that is an attainable collection. I'm only a, like a few shy. A couple big ones in there, but. You know, it's definitely more reasonable than the NES, let's say. And I see you like ugly box art, huh? Uh, come on now. I mean, this, yeah, <laughs> to an extent. Uh, well, I'll take it back because the NES has some of the best box art. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, I, look at Abadox. That's brilliant. Um, I, I, love, I love NES box art. What are your, can you give us just a cut, like two or three of your favorite items? Oh, you like the prize possessions, like the the big stuff um sure so i think and i have to check again uh my most valuable games uh well my most valuable game is on the sega saturn it's panzer dragoon saga panzer dragoon saga yeah yeah, that's that one affords a hefty penny um on the nes i think it's cowboy kid i think that that is my cowboy kid most, most valuable yeah I look this one up. Oh yeah, my gosh, the box art. That see, it's great box art, right? It you looks got like Tom, Tom Selleck. Say, it looks uh, like Tom Selleck. <laughs> and like Lou Diamond Phillips or something, yeah. Um, Neither of them are kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, whatever you're looking at right there for price, I did not pay that for it. Uh, <laughs> I got it pre-pandemic prices, but, okay. but yeah, so. And and that's a, the the thing about most of the collection is that I don't like to spend money on it. <laughs> I'm kind of at odds with like being <laughs> thrifty and trying to hoard all these things. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very patient about getting like a really good deal, and and that also kind of makes it fun for me. It's it's hard mode. I don't get like uh, I, I don't go for like CIB for the carts either, so that helps. Oh, I'm not okay, a maniac. Okay. Not a not a maniac like me. That's. That's that's my I, I love the I'll, I'll pretty much only buy CIB complete in box for the amateurs out there, uh, um, and I pro- my collection is probably like I haven't really counted I'm gonna say maybe somewhere between like probably around 200 maybe not quite I would okay, guess yeah uh, it's got a, I've got a g- good f- one like solid filled up wall. Um, 
and uh, and I'm still I'm, it's it's still an ongoing thing, but that's about how big it is right now. A lot of it's in the presentation, man. Uh, you know, so you could be like me and just completely overdo it to where your your house just looks like uh, like Congress, like archives for Congress. <laughs> or you can have a nice collection that's all boxed and neat like yours, and people think you're normal. So I think you think you're doing it right. Yeah, you know what I like is, and I only actually have one system that this really applies to, which which is the uh, Atari Lynx. I like the ones that have the boxes that kind of have all of the boxes, like have the same kind of trim and like the same kind of style, and then mm. just just the actual title on this on the spine is different, and the artwork on the front is different, but it's all kind of got the same border and everything. You know, you know what I'm talking about, like. I do, yeah. Kind of yeah. like if you had, kind of like if the NES black box titles were were all like that, right? Um, yeah, I yeah. like those. Yeah, I should... They look they, they're they're fun when they when they come like that. I don't For know what sure. It is. Yeah, and I I will pick up a box. I mean, I have a whole thing of manuals too, but I'll pick up a box if it makes sense to. I don't like get rid of them if I don't need them. I, uh, <laughs> you just, I just hate boxes. You know. You're like fuck this box. You buy them complete in box just so you can smash it and throw it away. Yeah, I know people that have kind of done that. Like they. <laughs> They, well, they don't throw them away, but they're like, yeah, I just collect loose, and then they just sell the box. And I'm like, all right. Okay. I'll, t- I'll just piece it together with my loose. So it <laughs> happens. Yeah. If that's your thing. That's your thing. Everybody's got a thing in the collector's sphere, man. They do. They do. It's true. Um, real quick, have are either of you guys in on this Metroid Dread? Uh, I, I'm No. I want to be. I keep hearing about it, but I haven't touched it don't own it yet jay jay fell asleep while we were talking about collecting he said he's going to grab more food so he's oh okay he he, he did fall. okay so he did yeah he really got bored just then <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like oh 2500 okay i'm out and he left well <laughs> he's like he's gonna go through every single one uh okay we'll talk about well i'll bring it up later when we get to the end in current gaming subcast i, I was just mostly just curious if either of y'all uh had been playing that uh, okay. Jay, are you back? I just saw you pop up. Yep. Are you playing Metroid Dread? No. Are you? Pl- do you plan to? Mm, probably not. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just don't really draw my interest too much. I picked it up. Um, I usually don't like games like that, like Metroidvanias in general. I don't. I, I kind of just don't really like them too much anymore. But Metroid specifically, I, it's like I'll make an exception for it. Um. So I, I have been playing it. It's pretty fun. I won't talk about it too much right now, but I was mostly just curious if you all had. Let's yeah, talk maybe about... at some point, but not at the moment. Okay, let's let's talk about news. I'm not gonna. So we're we're a little bit late, as as I mentioned earlier in the podcast on this episode. So I really have way too much stuff to cover. So I'm not gonna talk about everything, but talk about the main stuff. Um, I guess kind of the one of the biggest things that came out since the last uh, episode was. This deal with the uh, with like the switch—I don't even remember what it's called—but the new Switch Online, like expanded membership, whatever whatever they're calling it. So, as you know, Switch Online is like twenty bucks a year or something like that, and you get—they've got like a, a you know a small library of NES and SNES games that you have access to if you're if if you're a subscriber. As long, you know, as well as the the typical like being able to play online and that kind of stuff. Well, they've just announced um, an expanded version of their online subscription, 
which is along with all that stuff, it adds Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games. Pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sweet. As as with everything Nintendo does, however, there's a catch, which oh, is wow. this full package subscription is $50 a year. Whoa. Which is like kind of just not really worth it. Um, the Nintendo 64, I mean, unless you're just really, really in for, for these libraries in particular. Like when I saw it, I was like, you know, maybe I will. Maybe not, actually, once I heard the price. Because it's just, like, 30 extra dollars a year for Nintendo 64 games. Without, I'm probably not going to get it. Like, I still haven't played, you know, most of the NES and SNES games. I still do return to those from time to time. But it's like, if I can just keep playing those, I'm not going to shell out this kind of absurd price for the rest of them. Uh, the Nintendo 64 games they're going to have. Or I think it actually just started, or it's about to. So this might already be out now. If not, it's coming out sometime very soon. Nintendo 64 library. They've got Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Ocarina of Time. Uh, I wrote down Win Back. Is that really the name of one of the games? I, I, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, Win Back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it is. Okay. Win Back. Uh, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Doctor Mario 64. Mario Tennis, and a uh, Japanese game called Sin and Punishment. The Sega Genesis games, most of them, but not all of them, most of them are games that were on the Sega Classics Collection that you can get on Steam and all that, uh, or the Sega Mini Console, but they do have uh, at least one that's, that isn't on either of those. The Genesis Library right now is Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, Fantasy Star 4, Rai Star. That's the one that I know isn't on any of the other things. Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic 2, Streets of Rage 2, and Strider. And then games that they've announced will eventually be added to the, 60, the Nintendo 64 library are Majora's Mask, F-Zero X, Mario Golf, Pokemon Snap, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Paper Mario and Banjo Kazooie. They're also going to have controllers for each one uh, that are going to be fifty dollars. Controllers are fifty bucks. Jeez. So I mean, you know, going back and look at looking back at this, if you really are wanting to go hard in on these libraries, like maybe an extra thirty bucks a year isn't really that bad of a deal, but it just seems kind of high to me. Like fifty bucks a year. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm maybe it's not too bad. What do you guys think? I don't know. I think it kind of isn't great. I mean, yeah. like you said, the uh, yeah. the Sega, the Genesis collection. I mean, that's how much can that be going for these days on Steam? I mean, you're already getting most of that stuff. Um, right. That stuff can already be easily emulated as is. Then 64 is the only thing people have trouble getting access to, and. Yeah, I guess you know, fifty a year is cheaper than buying these things outright these days. But right, damn, yeah, that's a lot for uh, a handful of. I mean, the, I like those guys. They have an affection for the N sixty four, but too much. That's too much. Yeah, I, I feel like it is. And then the controllers, fifty bucks each, is a little bit also to me a little bit kind of crazy. 
controllers, man. Um, I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest, the controller. Really? Just by Nintendo. Oh, by Nintendo standards, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's yeah. that. Um, a couple other things coming out for Switch. There's a new Kirby game coming out. There is a. They're coming out with Knights of the Old Republic. It's not a remake. There, there, there is a remake coming out, but they've also just announced that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is just coming. The old version is just coming out on Switch. Uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, Act Razor Remaster, um, called Act Razor Renaissance, um, and then they announced. Details about the Mario movie. <laughs> I'm sure everybody. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everybody has heard. So it's coming out December 21st of 2022, uh, and they they announced the the cast doing the the voice acting. I think the one the kind of standout ones that most people were talking about was Mario is being played by Chris Pratt, Bowser is going to be voiced by Jack Black. Donkey Kong is voiced by Seth Rogen. Those were kind of like the, I feel like the most notable ones. Everybody is a little bit just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong makes like the most sense to me. Yeah. But I, and honestly, Anytime Jack Black has been cast for something, and I've thought to myself, that sounds terrible. He's actually ended up doing a very good job. He's a funny dude. Yeah, he's funny. And what was what the the what, the main one that stands out to me is when he was I forgot the character's name, but the the like businessman guy in King Kong. Mm. I was like, I don't know about this, but he actually ended up doing a really good job. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sleep on him. I, I think he could he could he could nail this. Really, yeah. everybody is. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like you know the rest of the cast seems fine. I'm not going to judge it too harshly because it'll probably be okay. But yeah, the uh, chiseled ass Chris Pratt as Mario is weird. <laughs> that one's the one that I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, they, when they showed his picture, and he, he's like, it's like handsome Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. I need to see you know a five foot four beer gut with a mustache, Chris Pratt. If I'm exactly. going to believe this. Yeah, he needs to be like Parks and Rec plus 10 pounds yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah. That's weird, though. I Yeah, I guess I just, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around it. But, you know, it's a lot of voices anyway, so it's not a huge deal. It's not like we're getting to see him. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, my head can't match the two. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it seems weird. To, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't imagine it in my head, but I, I'm not going to pretend that, I'm smarter than the people who cast this movie and, you know, and I know better than them. So I have, like, I have to just assume it's probably going to end up pretty good. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I'd watch it, but I assume. Oh, you're not even going to watch it. The target audience will, will love it. I think I'll, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'll watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll treat it like a video game. It'll be like three years before I get to it. <laughs> Put it yeah, in the maybe. backlog. Put it in the backlog, yeah. Okay, another announcement for Switch. You guys, get ready for this one. Kingdom Hearts. The uh, yeah. the main three Kingdom Hearts games, of course, they have fucking ridiculous titles. Uh, it's Kingdom. The first one is Kingdom Hearts... 
HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remix. That's just a math problem. I don't... What is that? All of them... Yeah, all of them are math problems. Uh, next one is... Well, I guess the other two aren't, but many others are. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. The whole game... This whole game, evidently, is just a prologue for a different game. And then Kingdom Hearts 3. Simple, simply, oh, simply three. Simply. They got... They didn't have time to come up. They didn't have enough time to come up with. Well, they got to a whole number again, so they just moved on. <laughs> um, once again, there's a catch. All three titles will be playable as cloud versions. Hmm. So you just play. You just play these off. The, like you don't actually. You you right. you own the game even less than the diluted concept of game ownership we already have nowadays is. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's pretty weird. Um, the speculation that I saw is that it was easier to do it this way so they didn't have to figure out how to get these old games running on Switch like architecture, which I guess makes sense, but it's not like they haven't done that for a thousand other games already, so so it doesn't really make that much sense. I, I don't. I just don't. I'm not even. That just irritates me. It's like I, the whole point of the Switch is to be mobile. Why the fuck would you make it so you have to be online to play a game? It's a good question, Jay. Very good question. Yeah, it's it's just really weird, oh, man. I don't I know. Be connected to the internet when you use your Game Boy. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> so uh, yeah, once again, I just I just don't know. <laughs> Uh, a couple of, at the same time, I feel like people that play Kingdom Hearts are so used to just things being just fucking not making any sense. <laughs> how dare right. you? You're exactly right, but how dare you? Uh, you're exactly. It's very true. Good, very good point, Travis. A um, couple other things. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin has a release date, March 18th of next year. The collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend is, is out now on Steam. It Contains the uh, Final Fantasy Legend games one through three. Uh, those were those were all three Game Boy games, right? Yeah. Okay. I knew like the first two were, and I, I was couldn't remember if the third one was or not. Um, I'm not going to go over all the new games that have all like the new old games that have come out on God because it's going to take a while. Uh, GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition was announced. Uh, I don't know if we have much detail on that, but but it's the it's GTA three. And Vice City and San Andreas, uh, that collection has been announced. And finally, you ready to shit on Blizzard, uh, Jay? I'll let you take it. Honestly, I like right. I'm just like, holy fuck, dude! Like of all the things, they're so they're such scum. It's actually crazy. Diablo they're the scum between my toes. Diablo two resurrected. Oh, was, oh never mind. Uh, oh, not even what you were going to talk. About. <laughs> Yeah, I, there, I think there were uh, more kind of uh, events regarding all the like lawsuits and legal action and like all that kind of stuff that's happening. I didn't even write it down or something. I was just like, I was kind of like felt exactly pretty much like what you just said. But I will mention Diablo 2 Resurrected has, has come out and is evidently plagued with like connection problems and server problems even still it can't how long ago it came out like two weeks ago right 
Yeah, two, three weeks ago. And it's still having major issues. Somebody on Reddit earlier posted that they haven't been able to get on on Switch in like a few days. <laughs> and it's online only. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> I mean, if, if you are surprised in the slightest, you have to make Yeah, I mean... I don't... I'm, I'm not going to place the blame on the consumers here, but I will say... We should all know better by this point. That's exactly what I told everybody. Anything else? Any new? Any other news things? Any anybody wants to talk about before we start talking about our games? I don't think so. Let's talk about games. That's enough. That's enough news for one day. Travis, how about you kick us off? You're the guest of honor. Yeah. What have you what been, been playing? playing? Yeah. What you been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing this game called Carry On. Carrion? Carrion? Like I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's how I don't know if it's like baggage on an airplane or not. But it's uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this game. It's uh, this cool. is a newer game that you're talking about. It is actually. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I'm playing it on the old Switch. I'm trying to look to see when it came out. Actually, I don't recall. But I've got yeah, a couple it. July years twenty. Back. July twenty third last year. Okay. Gotcha. And so. Uh, this game you play as this like octopus ass uh, thing, man. It's just this gross thing, and it turns horror on its head because you're the baddie. You're the thing that's killing everything, and so you're like in this containment unit. It's like this subterranean facility, and apparently you you got loose, and you're just trying to escape, and so you you have to figure out like the security systems and where the guys are, and you can grab them and and beat the security guys up and eat them and get stronger. And, and then there, there is sort of a, uh, uh, a gated exploration element to it where you have to, you know, backtrack through places. You get a new ability that lets you go through a different kind of door. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to say Metroidvania anymore, but, um, <laughs> I know. gated exploration, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and another thing that I kind of like about it is a lot of times those gated exploration games <laughs> are a bit, laborious and i think occasionally they'll they'll wear out their welcome or they might get a little too difficult for their own good but this one i it feels nice because you're the bad guy you're this creature that is just not to be messed with and uh, it lets you have fun with that and it's it's not terribly difficult and, and it's it's quite fun so um i'm enjoying that i think it's pretty good pretty good time carrying okay what was it um, the, one of the, I actually played this a little bit and, uh, like when it first came out, it was when I had, uh, uh, the Xbox game pass. That's what it's called, right? Game pass. Yeah. I had that and it came out and, uh, and I had actually been like kind of loosely following the game cause it just looks so cool. And, uh, I played that a little bit and it's, it's very, it's a really cool game, especially if you like, as you said, gated exploration games. Mm-hmm, um, I don't, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of make an exception for Metroid and is with that genre, other games, I just don't really care for that much. But as far as that type of game goes, this was, I felt like a very good one, mostly like, well, maybe not mostly, but at least half because of just how cool the visuals are. Cause you're yes. the, the thing that you are, that you're controlling just like the way it kind of like launches, it's like just. It's almost like a blob that mm-hmm. just launches uh, little tentacle-like appendages. Not even appendages. It like kind of 
blobs itself out in kind of skinny fashion to stick yeah. to walls and stuff. Like you, you're cl- you're climbing all over the ceiling, all over the walls and everything. There's no even concept of like platforming. You're just you just go wherever you want to go, and it kind of like sticks itself to walls however it needs to to get to where you want it to to go to, and uh, and like that's really cool. The animation somehow they like really made that look just perfect. Yeah, and, it looks uh, great. Yeah, it looks fantastic, and th- like whenever you eat a, a scientist or whatever it is, like that's all very gory and uh, <laughs> and like as really cool. It's eight bit, or I guess it's not really eight bit, maybe sixteen bit. I don't know what they're trying to emulate, but as gory as that can get, like it's just like bone crunching. You can see like rib cages and stuff. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty fun game. It um, is. How, how far have you gotten? How 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 many? How long have you put into it? Uh, I, w- I want to say I'm, I'm probably three-fourths of the way through it, and I was playing it a little bit before we got on, which is, I was actually a little bit excited that I got here too early so I could play 30 more minutes of, of uh, Arian. But yes, nice. uh, I really do enjoy it, and, you know, it's tis the season, right? I wanted to play something spooky. This one's been on my backlog for a little bit, so uh, it kind of fits the theme a little bit, even though I'm not the one scared. I am scaring the uh, the crap out of tiny little scientist, and uh, it's great. Nice. Uh, anything else? How much was it? Huh? Like, how much was the price tag on it? Uh, good question. I think, and I could be mistaken, I want to say I picked this up, uh, see, it was developer digital. I, I had a, um, I, I got like a physical copy, maybe okay. limited run, but, uh, they sent me a, a, uh, I guess I think it was limited run because they emailed me a download code, so I, I, downloaded it and played it on my switch even though i have a physical copy so it's like cheating to keep a game sealed um that didn't <laughs> i have no idea what i paid for but for steam it's probably i'm gonna say like 2025 20, that range that's that sounds about right and i you know i think it's a good it's it probably worth the 15 dollar game in my opinion 10 to 15 bucks okay anything and, else? and you asked me yeah i'm also playing because it's the season i'm playing um uh, Resident Evil Village. Resident so, Evil Village, oh, nice. That's a good one. It, it, the thing I really like about Resident Evil Village is that it does have a lot of uh, affection for its predecessors, and so you you get a lot of the classic evil flavor in there because they partition the game into you know sort of these different four different set pieces, and each one harkens back to a specific era of Resident Evil, at least loosely. And you can kind of tell like there is a, like a whole section where you're in a mansion trying to solve puzzles and yep. and some other ones as well. So they did a really good job. The Konami's just killing it, man. Just I mean I'm sorry, Capcom, Capcom. is just killing it. Killing it right now. Uh erase what I said about Konami. I did not mean that. Uh but <laughs> Capcom. Capcom out there killing it, man, with the the reboots and the uh or the um the remakes and and just keeping the Resident Evil pumping Ah, it's awesome. I agree. Uh, it They're looks good. really good too, man. Like there, I've been playing it with my buddy, and it's just one of those games where you just find yourself walking into a room and just staring at the furniture because you're like, man, this looks fucking good. <laughs> like, all the lighting looks good. I can see like dust particles, and you, you get carried away doing that, and then something comes up and scares the hell out of you. But it's uh, it's just one of those games that's fun to gawk at. I love it. How far are you? Uh, again, I think we're about three fourths of the way through. Uh, we like to co-op those games, partly because we're we're scaredy cats. But we, we found that um, with a lot of horror games, sometimes the difficulty is part of it, and uh, it's easy to get frustrated and like go a long time and 
kind of have the wind taken out of your sails. But when that happens, like you go through like a long section and you're like, you know, you die and you're like, oh, I don't want to have to go through all that again. It was stressful or whatever. Hand the controller to a buddy, then he he goes through it. Uh, we find that we get through the games quicker that way and we have a large backlog of, of spooky ones we want to get through. So mm-hmm. um, we've been making some pretty good progress on that one. And uh, yeah, I just can't say enough about it. I'm really am blown away. I like seven too. Seven was great. Probably, that one was probably even scarier. I haven't played seven, but yes, my understanding is that it's, it is, they, they kind of toned it back a little bit scariness wise when they went from seven to eight. Um, I have seven, but I haven't played it yet, but I played eight and it was the first resident evil I've played since four. And it got me interested back in resident evil. It was so good. Nice, yeah. Well, you did a good job because five and six were uh, were not so Resident Evil-y. I won't, I won't call them bad games, but they're pretty far removed from, I think, what made Resident Evil special. Okay. And so, yeah, seven and eight really get back to you know isolating you and not giving you like a ton of really powerful weapons, and it's not like an action movie like five and six were, and four kind of became. So, yeah, I think I think they're doing it right. So you, you're playing the right ones for sure. Okay. That's good to know. That was good to know. I'm making wise decisions. So far. So far. <laughs> uh, anything else, or is that, that is that all you got? I mean, I'm always cooking on something, but I would say those are probably my two feature games right now anyway. Okay. All right, awesome. Uh, Jay, how about you hit us up with the with with the awesome with whatever games you've been playing? Yeah, do you even know if it's an awesome game? I don't know. I, you, you heard me. I caught myself. <clears throat> I did play an awesome game. Oh, good. Um, and let me know if I start lagging at all, because I've been hearing some latency on my end, too, so I just want to make sure. Yeah, there have so been a few yelling. spots. I might probably have to edit out a little bit, but for the most part, we've been good. Okay. Cool. Um, so I also played a Switch game, but it was a game that was a re-release that I didn't even know existed on the Switch, uh, and that was Final Fantasy X. Uh, I have been wanting to play Final Fantasy X again for a while, and I was uh, I was really inkling to do it. I was going to do it on my computer because uh, I really wanted to play the international version because it's quite a bit harder, and there's some other things in the game that I haven't had a chance to experience very much. So I was reading online about the easiest ways to play it, and there's like some poor translations you can find for ROMs and stuff, and so I was like, I wonder if it's for the Switch. And then I Googled it. Sure enough, you can buy the first and second one, or sorry, 10 and 10-2 for, it's like $50. Uh, completely worth it, by the way, because I, over the last 10 days, spent 50 hours playing, and I beat it. <laughs> Holy shit, nice. Um, yeah, and it was incredibly fun. Um, I love this game to death, and playing the international version was an absolute treasure. It was incredibly fun. So, uh, let's talk about it. So, Final Fantasy X is probably... I'm going to say it very confidently, it's probably my favorite Final Fantasy game after this playthrough for a lot of different reasons. So it's, it's, always, it's always been for you between that and Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Yeah, I would say of the standard style, I, I think this, like, you know what I mean by that, like the non... Yeah, uh, yeah, like the main ones, yeah, yeah. Of the main ones, I, for me, this is this is favorite. the best one. Yeah, yeah. Without question. And it, you know, for, for whenever I go back and play old games, like we all do, my first thought is is this game actually good, right? You know, it was like, eh, you know, I love this game a lot. You know, I really enjoy it. Is the story great? Is the music great? Is it really all that great? Uh, generally, there's some question marks and then there's things you can answer. Like, okay, there's sure. some areas that are not like perfect about this. 
This game is damn good. It is just incredible how addicting this game was. So I got it for the Switch, which, by the way, they should put me on a fucking Switch commercial because I would be... So I've been working a lot lately, and then I've been buying a house, so it's like... And I, I don't have a lot of time. So what I've been doing is, like, after I get done working, I'll sit on my couch for, like, 15 minutes. I'll play until my wife's ready to go to look at one of the houses. And then I just grab my Switch, get in the car, and keep going. And, like, I feel like I'm a freaking commercial for them because I, like, grab my Switch, play in the car. You know, we go look at the house. You come back. I play it in the car. I get home. I put it in the, the rocker. And then I just keep playing on the TV. Like, it was just, like, any time. Because I didn't have, like, there wasn't ample time except for the weekends where I could actually sit down and play. So it would be, like, you know, 20 to 30-minute increments over and over and over which is pretty funny. Um, so Final Fantasy X, this is, came out for the PS2 originally back in 2001, I want to say. Yeah, 2001 in North America as well. Um, and this is the first one that was for the PS2. So this had a lot of updated graphics. Um, obviously, the gameplay itself really wasn't that much different than the um, older ones, like the PS1 era ones, but it did have some quality of life things that were added to it that actually I really enjoy, and they add some strategy elements to it. So um, let's start with the story. So I don't want to talk about the story too much, Robert, because I am actually unbelievably excited for you to play this game. I hope <laughs> before. Huh? Have you ever played it before? Oh, yeah, yeah. That actually, that's the first Final Fantasy game that I played. And you, okay, so do you remember the story at all? Not really. I, I really, really liked the game. And I remember the characters. And I remember, like, the big twist regarding one of the characters. And that's basically all I remember. Gotcha. So, I don't, I don't want to talk... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I will. We'll see. Anyways. So, the story <laughs> for this game for me has always been very good. I've really enjoyed it. You know, it is... So take a couple things into consideration. It is a 50-hour game. Uh, that is, by the way, me beating the game without doing really any extra content. So from okay. 1 to 50 hours is literally me just playing through the game. Uh, I was playing on the international version, which, again, is quite a bit harder, and I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, but it is one thing you have to keep in mind is the dialogue is not perfect. And, and there's definitely some parts where I think the translations are a little bit off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, if you think about it, I mean, realistically, half the game is probably you playing and the other half is you talking to people and learning the story and watching the, the cutscenes and such. And there's definitely some parts that are not great, right? We all know about the Titus laughing meme. You know, that scene is, yep. is iconic and classic. Do the laugh. Uh, Keep but the laugh all... for us. Fuck no, that's not happening. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for that. Uh, you're close there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't even start. So, so for me, I really enjoy this story. I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting perspective. Um, there is a lot of complexity to it. There's a lot of complexity to it. And you do, it, it, for me, it took multiple playthroughs to really understand the story in full. And I will say very confidently, I feel like I fully understand the story, uh, even after this playthrough, which is pretty good. But my first couple ones, I definitely had some head scratchers, especially how the game starts and you know some of the specifics of it. But the overall feeling is is very it's very dreadful. Like so, basically, there's a looming threat at all times. You know, everybody in the world is is terrified, and they're basically a part of a, a church that tells them they'll be safe if they follow their guidelines. So there's always just a, a constant dread and depression in the air because everybody's like, well, everybody's lost the majority of their family, so it's just like, when am I going to go type thing? And so whenever there's like moments of hope, and then the hope gets destroyed, and then it gets replaced by dread, and then there's some more hope, and it's just like, it does this really abusive cycle, and it, it's great, it's gripping, and you really want to get to the end of it to understand ultimately how the game is going to end and how they're going to tie it off. And I really like the way they end the game, to be honest with you. I think it's it's... 
Fuck, do I really want to, I really just kind of want to talk through the entire story. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. We'll see. We'll see. So uh, for me, this game does a great balance of, yeah, of gameplay, quote unquote gameplay. Um, there's puzzles throughout the game. There's obviously combat. There's boss battles, which I know is combat, but there is, I really like the approach to boss battles in this game, and I'll talk about that as well. Um, but I think this game has a great variety to it. This is a game that I can sit down and grind for hours if if I had the time, uh, just because there's a decent variety. So, you know, you're walking around the world like a standard JRPG, right? So you interact with the world. There's generally secrets you can find, people you can talk to, items you can buy and sell. There's a lot of, like, minor things you'll find throughout the world if you pay attention. Um, there's also this, there's these primers you can find for um, a race of people called the Albed. They speak a language called the Albed, and there are these primers all around the world. And if you find them, you can slowly start to understand their language. And there are people in the game uh, that speak only Albed, and you can understand it if you have collected enough of the primers to basically figure out what they're saying, right? And as you do subsequent playthroughs, you can obviously understand the dialogue much more clearly. And it's very interesting to see some of the things that is revealed through these conversations that you couldn't understand your first playthrough and how much foreshadowing and really some spoilers at times they share with you uh, just based on, you know, just the fact that you can understand, understand their language. So that's the first part. The second part is the combat. So the combat is very, you know, very standard Final Fantasy style uh, combat. The couple things that they did add to it is there is a, a, a tracker at the top right that tells you the turn order. So you can see like I'm first, then Travis is second, Robert's third, and then you know, Robert goes again, right? So maybe Robert's playing a faster character, so he has two turns. And then the bad guy goes, and then like this other bad guy goes, and so on and so forth. And why that's important is you can kind of plan out your turns, right? So if you're thinking like, okay, um, I'm going, I could kill this guy if I crit him. Uh, I have two turns, I'm going to swing at him. If I don't crit, then I heal myself. If I crit, then I just attack again and kill him, right? So you can kind of plan that out. Even more is you can use slow on the enemy, or you can haste your party to go faster. And which in turn again affects the turn order, and there's some really nice strategy stuff that goes in there. Um, in the comp, in the actual fighting, there's generally a couple different types of mobs that are countered. It's kind of like paper rock scissors, but a little bit more complex to it. So there are mobs that are like birds or wolves that are faster based mobs, and so Riku and Titus are generally able to kill them very easily because of the speed that they have. Most other characters would never land a hit on them, or it's very unlucky. And then there's like flan or flan. There are mobs that have different elements to it. And generally, right, your, your um, caster is the one who's going to clear that up. And then there's armored units and so on and so forth. So each of your characters sort of has an early on assigned role to them that counteracts with certain mobs. So what that means is as you build out your party, because you only get three people, you don't have to have Titus in your party, which is great. One of my, I was really, I was thinking about that as I started playing. I'm like, fuck, do I have to keep Titus in the party? Uh, you don't, you really don't, which is nice. You have freedom to basically build whatever party you want. There are some areas in the game where you have these specific characters, which is kind of annoying, but you just kind of deal with it because it's few and far between. Um, so yeah, so each of the characters kind of has a, a central role to them uh, in, in the early game, in, in the early stages of the game, and how that locks into what is what is basically a talent tree. So the talent tree in this game is called the Sphere Grid, and it's basically a thousand little nodes that interact with each other. If anybody has played PoE, Path of Exile, uh, it's very similar to that concept where basically a character starts in a, in a specific spot, and then you can more or less go along a path, and as you do it, you get things like HP, strength, agility, you know, basic stats, as well as abilities. Uh, early on, so if you play the non-international version, the UR generally have baby guardrails along the way. They're basically like, hey, this is the path you should go. They don't really let you uh, wander off too far because it's kind of how the game is set up to be. 
And each character in the non-international version, the standard version, their talent tree generally has specific abilities that tie to them. So like Titus will have things like haste and they'll have quick hit and um, delay attack and like these different abilities and like Waka will have like darkness and poison and different things like that. And so each character kind of has its own function, right? And the guardrails are there. And what's nice about it too is in the original version, the pacing of the game aligns with the talent tree very well. So for instance, you'll get to a boss where if you had haste, you're in a pretty damn good spot because you're just going to get to go substantially more than them. Well, sure enough, you, you in your sphere grid or your sphere talent tree, whatever you want to call it, uh, three battles ago, you leveled, you got a sphere level and you got haste. The game paces itself right around it. It's very interesting because the game basically anticipates where you're going to be at in the talent tree as you go through the game which makes the game, you know, so basically at certain boss fights, you need certain abilities to make it easier. You get the idea. For the international version, uh, the Skirgood is basically flipped on its head. It's not random, but everything else, there is no clear cut. This is the cookie cutter path to go. Uh, You basically have to figure it out. And so everybody kind of starts in the general area. It's roughly the center of the Skirgood. And then you just get to pick a direction and go. And it's really, really fucking hard because what ends up happening is early on, you're you're thinking like, okay, what are my priority abilities? I want to go for these specific abilities. I'm going to work my way that direction, right? So you do that and then you get there and you're like, well, where do I go from here? And then you look and there's nothing but dog do every direction. You're like, oh, well, that sucks. Do I just go back to where I came from or do I tread through the dog do to get to the greener grass? Well, the greener grass is too far out. So then you have to backtrack. Well, guess what? See, every time you level, every time you get a sphere grid talent, whatever you want to call it, uh, the amount of experience required to get an additional one gets gets higher and higher. So if you waste time backtracking, which is not a fast thing, it takes, it's you basically move like three or four claimed nodes at a time. So if you've leveled 15 times and you've moved 15 spaces, it's going to waste four talent points just to get back to where you started. I did that Interesting. a lot. Yeah. So, okay, so you, I, have to, you have to use, you have to use them to back, to go back, to like back up on it? Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, so if you okay. if you want to go back, like you're like, okay, I wanted to get this ability. Now I want to go back to where I was and then kind of work my way the other direction, which is what I did. Uh, I mapped out how I basically want to build my characters uh, and, and it worked. Like I was, I had very interesting abilities. I was consistently weak throughout the entire game. There were multiple times where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to beat this boss. I'm not going to be able to beat this boss. And then I get there and I would play like the biggest bitch like just play really really passive and slow and do really cheeky things and i would win and i just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it until i got to the last boss and by the way some of these boss fights uh took me over an hour just because i would like sit there Damn. and meticulously plan out my turns and like i was scraping the bottom of the barrel so uh spoilers here uh the last boss is titus's father his name is jet and you fight him in his final aeon it doesn't matter did my computer just fall asleep? Oh, sorry, my computer just fell asleep. Um, so when you fight him, uh, he is a tanky boy. He has about 140,000 health, and I was not strong at all. I had like 4K max health on my highest level character, and he hits for, I don't know, like 3.5K. I, so I, I also had been using steel throughout the entire game. There's a, one of my favorite mechanics of the game is I, I gave every one of my characters steel, because I, I think steel is so fun in this game. Also, the only way you can use the stolen items is to have the ability called use. So all my characters had steal and use because they're just ridiculous. They're so fun. They're so intricate. The way that these uh, the items work is just really, really exciting. And it's fun. It's another way to basically wiggle your way through it. The two things that I leveraged to beat this game for the most part was using steel and using those items that I stole and using my Aeons. My party consisted of Yuna, 
Uh, oh gosh, I'm such a fucking Reaper. idiot. This whole time I thought you were talking about steel as in the kind of metal. I was like, what is that? Uh, no, no. What is like that? that. Yeah, sorry, no. Uh, I know. So yeah, I that was my bad. Constantly throughout the game. Oh, it's all good. I, I would like delay fights. I would, when I was at a boss fight, I would just sit there and rob them blind over and over and over, just make sure to like stack items up. I remember uh, that. You get like good stuff from the bosses, don't you? Like stealing from them? I remember, I remember making sure good. that I always stole from bosses on that one. Yeah, and it's not even just bosses, too. Like, throughout the game, you'll run into treasure chests. And if you steal from them, you get an item. If you hit them, you don't get anything. Oh, like so a treasure chest uh, as, like, an enemy? Yeah, yeah, you'll fight an okay. enemy. And it can become, become a mimic, too. So you okay. just have to get lucky. Uh, but, yeah, so so Jack took me about 70 to 80 minutes to beat the last fight. And it was... Te- I was... Well, you should... Lisa, Lisa, you can ask Lisa. I was raging because mm-hmm. he is such an annoying fuck. Like, the, the, the boss itself is so obnoxious. So he basically is... He has, like, 140k health, and he has these two pillars. And the pillars, if they're alive, every turn... Every, they have their own individual, individual turns. They heal him for 1,500, and they charge his overdrive, which is basically his limit break. And so, and they also remove any debuffs you put on him. So if you poison him, which I found out halfway through, he's not immune to poison, which is insane to me that the last boss is not immune to poison. Like, what? In what Final Fantasy is a boss not immune to poison? Especially the last one. Um, so I would, like, poison him, and then the stones would use their stupid ability that I fucking hate, and it would heal him and then remove my poison, and then it would remove any other debuffs I have on him. And the worst part about it, the damn, like, I could deal with the healing, I could deal with the fact that it would remove my, buffs, my debuffs. The thing that drove me nuts the most was how egregious the animations are. It's so long. It, would, it, would, it basically, <laughs> like, zooms in on the, the stone, the stone connects to Jekt, and then it like pauses for a second, and then his meter goes up, and then he heals. And I'm like, you, you have so every turn you're watching this happen, every round rather you're watching this happen two to four times over, and, and, and you're just uh, like, I'm yeah. behind. I'm pro- I'm probably not gonna be able to beat this. I'm already behind, and I have to sit here and watch this. I was like literally on my phone watching StarCraft while <laughs> doing this fight because I was getting so frustrated with how long that, the animations were. I don't I don't remember that, but it reminds me of Sephiroth on Final Fantasy VII when he does the move. I forgot what it was called, but like yes. it was, you have to watch a meteor like enter the solar system and pass every single planet and then crash into Earth. It's like a minute long animation every time he casts it. Yeah, so Jack has that as well. Uh, so <laughs> when you get Jack to his third phase... He had his limit break changes. So like his first limit break, I think he like picks somebody up, he squishes them, and he like slows them, throws them on the ground. His second one, he like whips out a sword and beats her ass with it or something. And then the third one, he does that. It's called like the ultimate jet shot. And he basically like uses a planet like a blitz ball and just like cycles it into your dome a bunch of times. Like it, it is so <laughs> lengthy. And then of course, after he goes, then his stupid minions have to go. So you have to wait for that. Uh, and then the worst part is when he has this sword out, which is phase two and phase three. When he swings it, it delay. It does an effect called delay attack, which basically causes your characters to move down in priority of their turn. So basically, the two stupid power stones would go, then he would go, delay my characters, the two stupid power stones would go again, and then he would go again, and then I would go. That was... <laughs> That was the turnover. I was raging. I'm just livid because I'm, I'm falling behind and I'm running out of items. I'm using like everything I can think of to, to survive this fight. I was down to nothing. Like I used all my mega elixirs, elixirs, healing potions, albed potions. Like I was, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel at the end. I just all end him. And the worst part is, is I, when, I would, when I was summoning Aeon against him, because my Aeons were super powerful, he would use an ability called Curse, which makes it so Aeons can't get their overdrives, which is their limit breaks, which is a lot of damage. Like, my Anima, which, by the way, might be my favorite 
freaking summon of all Final Fantasy games. Anima is such a monster. Let me show you a picture of this guy. Or a girl, actually. It's such a girl. Um, he, he cursed her. And, and she does an obscene amount of damage. Like, so 999 is like the iconic damage threshold for a Final Fantasy game. This uh, ability does... It was doing like 25k. And he only has 140k. That's what Anima looks like. I just posted a picture. Um, okay. The under part... So you see the upper part... Um, obviously, the under part is when you use his or her, her overdrive. That thing comes out and just beats the shit it's out. It's like of monster head. looking pet kind of looking thing. I love the design. Is so this this uh, this Aeon does not physically attack. It uses its mind. It just like psychic blasts people, and it, its eye bleeds when it attacks, which oh, is cool. so ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I beat I beat Jack after like 70 to 80 minutes. I was so pumped. I'm so happy. Um, that it was, it was all said and done. So um, the story in this game, as I was kind of going back to, I'm not going to go through the entire story because I've already talked a lot. The, the story in this game, I really like. I think there is some really iconic moments of it. The ending is such a tearjerker. It is so brutal. And yeah, to Robert's point, there is a point in the story where you learn about something awful that, that is just like super tragic that is going on or is going to happen basically. And then there's just a huge nipple twist at the end that just flips it on its head once again and then it closes out in a way that you just kind of don't see coming. And the way that they close out the game is just, I really enjoy it. I thought it was very well done. Um, and the thing that really adds the most power to this game for me is the music. This soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks to any video game ever. I have the CDs for this. Like I bought it when, like, I don't even know, 14 years ago or something. Um, I love this soundtrack. There are so many good tracks to it that I feel like they do a great job of emanating whatever's going on in the game very well, whether it's, you know, something really sad or exciting or the boss battle is great. There's unique boss battle for certain bosses. Uh, they, the last boss battle of the game, they use the opening song of the game, which is a custom track they specifically built for this game that has been used for a bunch of other Final Fantasy since. They, like, the soundtrack of this game for me is just incredible. And a lot of the characters have their own theme songs. And each one of them, I love. I think it represents their personalities very well. It just, it does so much good for me. Um, the only real complaints I have about this game at all is, realistically, the there are some parts of the dialogue that are a little bit cringe for me, which it's it's not a lot. It's like less than 1% of the time there's like some uncomfortable moments for it. Um, and that's probably it, actually. There are some really lengthy... Uh, cutscenes in this game and i love it they're beautiful and the way the game opens is great the game opens in such a way that it for i remember the first time i played it it really enticed me because i was just so confused as to what was going on but not in a way that's like i don't know what's going on it's more of like i don't know what's going on and i want to know like it, it got my attention they do a great job of introducing the characters you pick up on them over time and then you develop relationships with them obviously because it's a it's a final fantasy game um, there's a lot of iconic Final Fantasy stuff. You know, there's a Sid character. There's a, some sort of airship. Oh, and also in a lot of fights, there are sort of... Um, there's mechanics to certain fights. So basically, like, if you're fighting a boss on the airship, you can command the pilot of the airship to fly into the boss, like get closer or fly away based on the boss's mechanics. There are these certain things you can do in certain fights where characters can converse with the bosses and they get certain benefits or buffs or there's certain things they put on the boss it's like a debuff hmm. there's there's uh, interactions you can do in certain fights that i really appreciate it's just like really subtle things and it's not an overused mechanic but it's a nice little touch that they use occasionally and i feel like it's not forced there, in my experience in a lot of uh, final fantasy games there there's like a new mechanic that they want to introduce to the game so they just shove it down your throat like every yeah, fight yeah. you have to do this mechanic like it's it's the thing this is the new meta and they they show it to you very early on 
and then you don't see it again for a while. And then they just kind of sprinkle on here and there. Every once in a while, a boss fight has a mechanic where, you know, you can flip a switch or beat up an object or, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> um, I love beating up objects. Have... What'd you say? I love beating up objects. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think about this. Oh, I cannot believe how many times they've re-released this game, by the way. It, I could not believe that they really re released it for the Switch because it's been on so many different systems. It's getting up there with, like, Diablo. Has it, it been has on a lot? So really? Ready for this? Uh, let's see. PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Vita, PS4, Windows, Switch, Xbox One, and then I swear it's on Steam now, too. Well, you said... Well, you said Windows. Oh, is that, would that be probably through Steam? That's probably well, I true. I don't know, but I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. I would think so. That would probably make sense. I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I, I've seen it a lot. So um, I have a very abusive relationship with this game. I'll share with you guys very open. My name is Jay Totoro. Uh, okay. The challenge with this game for me, every time I play it, I love it. And I want nothing more to play it again, like right off the bat. I just really want to play it again. I love the story. I love the characters. I love... Oh, and by the way, one of the things I want to say before I go to this final topic, the pacing of this game for me is excellent. You get into a zone. They tell you about the zone. You you don't spend an ample amount of time there, but you're also not there for a short amount of time. You spend some time there. You fight some of the monsters. You get to see what's going on. And then you're done, and you move on to the next zone. And I feel like the pacing of the different zones are great. There are parts in other Final Fantasy games where you're like, get me out of this cave. Uh -huh. I've been in this cave for oh, two yeah. hours. I don't know how to get out of here. I, I'm getting nauseous. Like, I'm so tired of being here. Get me out. And then it's like, oh, you're halfway through the cave. The pacing of this game for me, I feel like it does a great job of changing up the scenery, which then changes up the mobs, which changes, you know, certain characters you're interacting with. I love it. it I, I feel like you don't spend more than maybe an hour in a specific zone, which is great. Except for maybe a few. Yeah, I, from what I remember, I agree. And But I 100% agree on what, like, the other games. Like, yeah, there are some where you're like, just let's can we just move on please yeah um, so the abusive relationship part okay. uh every time i play final fantasy 10 i want to play it again so what do i do you i, don't, I guess you play it again i don't know nope. no no you don't play it again you do something else i try to play final fantasy 10 too oh no okay yeah so uh that happened um oh you did you played it I play a little bit. I'm like, uh, maybe like four or five hours in. Um, absolute dog shit so far. Um, so, so Final Fantasy X has a very dramatic, serious tone to it. The music aligns with that. The story aligns with that. Final Fantasy X-2 is, is like a, a kid's version. It, it, it's a very lighthearted, fun, whimsical. So in Final Fantasy X, without going super far into depth on the, the story of it, everybody is under threat of dying at all times, right? And then people find out that certain things have to be done that are even more brutal than that in order to stop this thing from happening. And then they find out that even more brutal bullshit's going to happen because of that, because of that, because of that, so on and so forth, right? Really dark, uh, really twisted at times, love it. And then Final Fantasy X-2 is like, hey, I found this video of Titus. I think I know where he is. Let's go look for him. And, and it just turns into this adventure. And it's so bizarre. I do not understand why they changed the tone so much from the first to the second one, because if they just, I, I don't know, made you the main character of the second one, made it a serious game, and took it more seriously, sorry to use that word again, I would enjoy it. The combat is interesting. It's a slight modif- I will say, I don't want to say interesting. The combat's kind of whatever. It, it okay. feels like a 
appeal to people who don't like turn-based, so they made it look more like an action-based game. Because that's basically what it is. It's it's kind of like a real-time turn-based game. It's weird. It's it's not a well-executed system. Is it like, it's not is it like ATB? Kind of. I, I think that's what it's categorized as, but it's like there's so much happening that the strategy element goes out the window. So okay. when I'm playing 10, it's like, you know, the mob swings at me, hits my character. I know he's going to take damage. Can he take another hit? Yes or no? Okay, if, it, if he can take another hit, then I move in, I do damage, I buff, I do whatever. This one, it's like, I'm attacking, they're attacking, you're attacking, Travis is attacking all at once, and somebody dies? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> somebody oh, this dies. Really strong, apparently. <laughs> it, it's just weird. Like, you, you really can't digest visually what's going on throughout the fights, and it just kind of ends. And it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of strategy to it. Um, yeah, it's just... It just doesn't feel good. It, it does not feel good. And coming off of Final Fantasy X, which is such a good game, god damn, I would hate it. It's such a hard act to follow. And then for it to be kind of mediocre, I mean, the only thing that they're doing is, the, the, what they did is basically at the beginning of the game is loop you in to say like, hey, we know you want more Titus. Here, here he is. But you have to play through the entire game to get to it. And spoilers, 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 spoilers. It's not Titus. So Titus is, is not even in the second game. It's a guy by the name of Shuyin, who is not Titus. Uh, he just looks like him, which is like the biggest lazy cop-out I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. Yeah, just make a character that looks exactly the same. Yeah, and he's apparently from the same time, like the same era. He's from the same place. Like, it's all this bullshit, just all over the place, up and down. And, and at the end of it, which is even more dog shit, is Titus comes back. They, they bring Titus back. And then Titus and Yuna get back together. They break up because they don't get along. And that's how it ends. And then they're moving on to the third one, which has been delayed because of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Wait, there's like, going to be a third one? Yeah, they're making a third one. Oh, I told you. Let me, let me show you some gifts. Right? Hold on a second. Mm, I, I, don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessary. Oh, you're going to love this. So in the third game, spoilers, right? actually, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So uh, <laughs> in the third game, Titus and Yuna get back together again. Um, you play as Aaron's daughter, which Aaron never had a daughter, and he also, spoilers, was a dream and he was dead and a ghost, so it's weird that he has a kid. But anyways, so for the third game, Titus and Yuna are walking on an island, and Titus sees a blitz ball, so he decides to run up and kick it. In turn, I just linked you a gift, he kicks it, it's actually a mine, and it blows him up and kills him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you told me, you told us about this. <laughs> no, that's not a gift, but whatever. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, I really don't get it, like, it's, it's like... Did you ever read the... You've watched Gladiator, right? Gladiator, the movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, no. Really? Seen Gladiator? <clears throat> How about I seen Gladiator? I haven't seen... With Russell Crowe? I know, it's, got, it's Russell Crowe. No, I haven't, I haven't seen Phoenix it. Phoenix is the, is the primary in that movie for me, just huh? saying. Joaquin Phoenix is the primary. Russell Crowe can suck I didn't, know, he did, I didn't even know he was oh, in it. You shut your mouth. He plays Commodus. He's so good. <laughs> Great. Anyways, so... Okay. Uh, spoilers for the movie, Robert. Okay. Spoilers, sorry. Uh, he, so Russell Crowe. Why, why do we have Why do we have this? Why are we? I'll tell explain in a second here. I'll explain in a second here. So at the end of the movie, uh, he dies. Russell Crowe dies, and the movie ends, and it ends in a very, very good emotional standpoint. So they wrote up a second movie, okay, or a second Gladiator movie, right, where uh, Russell Crowe is playing as himself, the, the character from the movie, in heaven, and he's fighting gods to kill them, and they decided that. <laughs> That's what they thought fans wanted because they wanted him back. Because why? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it never made it to a movie, thankfully. But my point with that is that is what they did with this because Final Fantasy X set, uh, Final Fantasy X ends. Spoilers again. And Titus is dead. Titus is dead. He's never existed. So he's gone. 
And it ends in a way that is just beautiful. It's succinct, it's great, it's heart-ripping, it's upsetting, it's just everything. It's so depressing. And then for them to just be like, ah, we're going to walk that back. We're just going to take that and we're going to say, you know what? We were just kidding. Yep. It's just like a slap in the face. It's, it's so lazy. Like, I don't understand why they don't just take Yuna and make a new story with a powerful female character and just run it down. I, I feel I like they don't understand. The more I hear about this, I feel like they're just trying to troll people with it. It's, I mean, it's money. They, 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 tr- they pumped out 10-2 very quickly, was my understanding. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy X-2 was absolute dog shit, and it still is, and the music's not great. It's way too cheerful. It just doesn't feel right. It's like, it's just so bizarre, and I do not understand what the fuck they were thinking, but uh, yeah, it came out in March 2003 is when Final Fantasy X-2 came out, and the first one came out in uh, 2001. So they pumped it out in uh, about a year and a half, almost two years. That's okay. crazy. Yeah, it's especially on... Final <laughs> Fantasy standards usually takes them like eight years to come out with the damn game. Yeah. So all said and done, I'm really excited if you play this game again. I really want to hear your perspective on it. I want to talk to you about the story, so I'll wait till you play it again uh, to talk about it more. I really enjoyed the story. I, I I thought it was very well put together. It is very complicated. It is a fantasy game, so there's some parts that are very uh, convoluted, as always. You know, sure. always is with with fantasy games, especially Japanese uh, ones. Yeah, yeah, it goes all over the place at times, but I feel like it does a great job of just kind of resonating with the core message of the game, which is great. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed playthrough again. I was really nervous, like, man, I spent fifty dollars on this game for the umpteenth time. Am I really going to play this again? And, yeah, played through it. So it's fast. a good I'm one. Simple. I mean, it's it's still one of my favorites that I've uh, of the Final Fantasy games. Uh, even though I haven't played it in a long time, like this is a top three for sure of out of Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's great, very fun. I didn't so. realize. I mean, I don't. We don't. We don't have to get back into it. I know we always disagree on how like flexible the sphere grid system is, but it's interesting hearing about the international version of the sphere grid system. It sounds like that so one difficult. really is really is uh, really <clears throat> does let you do a good bit of customization. Yeah, it really. I mean, you can take a character any direction. You can literally do whatever you want with them. It, it, it's completely open ended. Like I basically Yuna for me, she sprinted towards like fire and thunder and blizzard and shit. And then I had her go over and get white magic like Kira and Asuna, and uh, and then I had her go back and get like Blizzara and fire fire and stuff. So so she was all over the place. And then I had Kimari, who was I had him just run at armor break. Armor break is like. It basically amplifies all your physical damage. So I just had him sprint at it. And it's they know, by the way, they know which abilities are good, so they put them in the farthest corners possible from each other. Oh, sure. So, uh, and then I had Riku just follow Titus's path a little bit, got haste, and then I got like some other apps. Before getting to that, though, I went and got steel, and I went and got used. Used, excuse me. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited if you play it. Um, I'd love to talk about it more at that time, because we can talk about the story and poke some holes in it as well. So... I love poking holes in stories. You know what I was trying to find, though? I was trying to find a sub-version of this game. I wanted to see what the Japanese translations would look like. Hmm. Okay. But anyways. <clears throat> well, uh, so it still, still holds up after all these years. Without question. Travis. Yes, sir. <laughs> First off, how much how much time do you have with us tonight? Are you on a, you on a schedule? I could pr- I could probably swing another fifteen twenty minutes. We got 20. another Final Fantasy you want to talk about, or <laughs> I do. 
I knew when he said that earlier. I was like, I think he has another Final Fantasy to talk about. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, you know what though? I I have played to to expound on Final Fantasy X a little bit. Um, that is one that I've played and enjoyed. So you like Final uh, not all Fantasy. the way through. So I'm glad that uh, I know how it ends, so I don't have to go back. But uh, <laughs> but no, I I remember playing it right around the time it came out and being blown away by the cutscenes. It's like the most memorable thing to me was how beautiful it was. So oh, I'm glad really? to hear that that that's still the still the case. Still looks good too. Funny enough, no no joke. I, I think that's no meme. They they still look good today. Yeah, that's great. Um. Okay. So real quick, I'm just gonna look <laughs> here. Quick, he says. Well, no. What I'm doing is okay. We don't have. We don't have any new emails since we had the change up on on episodes. I want to make sure we didn't have any emails specifically for you because if we did, I was going to jump to those. We do have oh, one. Right. We do have one for Michelle, um, but I'm gonna, so I'll save that, or at least I'll save you know the part of it that's for her. But I just want to make sure we weren't doing that. So okay, so then I'm just gonna keep on going through, and uh, I'll try to maybe. I'll, so I've actually got two games. Let's do this. I'm going to do my games. So I'm going to get them both in in 15 minutes or less, and then we'll let you head on, and we'll do emails and call it a, call it a night. How's that? Does that work for everybody? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Travis, first, I'm going to give you a Final Fantasy break for a second. <laughs> it's like every time you come on, we have we talk about Final yeah. Fantasy for an hour and 45 minutes. It just has Final to... Fantasy podcast, right? Isn't that the name of it? Final that, Fantasy Yeah, that's just, how, that's just how it happens. So... What I'll do, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to talk about one that you might be a little bit more interested. Maybe, maybe. Pure, I'm, I'm purely saying this because it's an NES game. Cubert. <laughs> Cubert, uh, hell yeah, dude. You a Cubert fan? I mean, Cubert's all right. Cubert's Cubert is one of the few, like single screen style, like arcade style games that I that I still kind of like playing. It's really yeah. that and Burger Time. And otherwise, I'm just not a big fan of games like of games like that, like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. Really? Okay. That kind I of like stuff. Joust. Joust is pretty fun. Joust is pretty good, yeah. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, generally, I'm not a big fan of these. But I do like Burger Time. I do like Q-Bert. Um So Cubert originally was an arcade game that came out in 1982. I actually couldn't find... I guess I could have just looked at box and stuff that I have, but... Yeah, that, that would have been the thing to do. Um, I'm not sure exactly when the NES port came out, but I played the NES port of Cubert. And I'm sure everybody is familiar with Cubert. You're a little, you, you look kind of like Birdo, uh, mm. and you are, you're hopping around on this pyramid of squares. And the whole point is just to turn, whenever you hop on a square, it turns a different color from how it started out. And the whole goal of the game is just to turn all of the squares a different color. And then when you do that, you go to the next level, do the same thing, so on and so forth. Of course, to make it difficult, there are bad guys jumping around also at the same time. If you hit a bad guy, you die. If you accidentally jump off of the pyramid, like it's ju you just fall into a void and die also. But like something about this game just is, I really like, like part of it is, it just feels good jumping on squares for me for some reason and seeing them change color. I get some kind of like, uh, like subconscious satisfaction of being like, oh yeah, I turned all the squares blue. They used to be yellow. <laughs> they used to be yellow, but 
but now they're blue. I don't know what it is about that, but I just get some kind of satisfaction from that. Um, but also this game is really actually pretty hard because yeah. there are a bunch of like, con- like in relation to the amount of space that you have to move around, there's kind of a lot of bad guys. I mean, there might only be three or four at a time, but you don't have a huge area where you're jumping around. If they jump on your square, you jump on your square, their square, they're dead. And that's all. And that's a life instantly. And they, some of them like will follow you like the snake, the springy snake will follow you around, which makes it extra hard. And then the other ones, it's like, they don't follow you, but a lot of times if you're close to them, you really can't predict which way they're going to go. So, uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, huh? Super addictive though. It kinda, yeah, it really kind of is. Um, and partly because it's tough because like it is a challenging game. So it's not like you play it for 30 minutes and you're just bored. Cause you're like, well, I've, I've mastered the game already. Um, no, it stays pretty hard. And I think that is, that, that is what gives it some of its staying power. Uh, I, I have a hard time with the controls because the D pad of course goes up, down, left, right. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever played this in an arcade, so I don't know if it's one of these games that has like a fancy arcade stick that's that's different from normal joysticks. But the pyramid goes, you know, down and right, or up and right, or down and left, or up and left. So the way it is is like right goes down and right. If you press down, that goes down and left. If you press left, that goes up and left. And if you press up, that goes right and up. So, so it's like, it's not very instinctive. Every time you press right or whatever it is, there's like a 50% chance that you're going to press the right thing unless you like really have the controls down. Because if you press right, that could be up and right or down and right. And you're just not sure, you know, unless you, unless you've been playing for a while and really have them down. What I, what I ended up doing is I just turned the controller at a 45 degree angle so that Whatever direction in the D-pad, like, so my D-pad looked like an X instead of a plus sign, basically, the way I was holding it. So that was how I kind of coped with that, and it made it a lot more manageable, because I was constantly just, like, jumping off the edge of the stage and dying. And the A and B buttons don't do anything, so you don't even have to worry about those. Uh, But it gets interesting, actually, because when you, after you get, you know, like, each, forget level and stage terminology, but basically like each level has multiple stages or each stage has multiple levels. However, it goes once you get through stage, like, you know, stage four of level one, then it goes to level two. It's, it's like Mario. It's like the original Mario style, Mario style. Then you're on like level two, one, and it changes it up a little bit in that once you're on the level two stages, you have to change the color on each block twice. So maybe it starts off as yellow and then the f- next time you hit it, it turns green or like when you jump on it, it turns green and then you jump on it a second time and it turns purple and you have to turn all of them purple. So you have to jump on everything, you know, multiple times to get them all purple and you don't pass the level until they're all purple. And then on the third level, it takes it another, it takes it a step farther where they may start off as yellow, for instance, and you jump on them and they turn blue. And the goal is to turn all of them blue. But 
if you backtrack, which you have to do to some extent always, when you jump onto one a second time, it might, it, it well, it not might, it tur- it does, it turns it back yellow. So it just, it just goes back and forth. Every time you jump in it, it changes color between yellow and blue. Whatever it is, it changes to the opposite. So that makes it actually extremely hard to get all of the, uh, all of the squares on the pyramid, the color they're supposed to be. Because anytime you jump on anything, it switches back to whatever color it's not. That was where I got stuck. I just was, I just like couldn't do it. Between trying to do that and still you're trying to stay alive, trying to stay away from the little springy snakes and all the other stuff that's bouncing around. Oh yeah, and sometimes there's this like jerk-ass little green guy who starts hopping around and he starts changing the colors back. At whatever squares he hits. Yeah, that guy's a dick. He is a dick. Uh, I hate him. And so uh, all of these things combine to actually make the game really pretty tough, uh, but still pretty fun. So Qbert, don't sleep on Qbert. It's it's a it's a solid it's a solid one of these kind of arcade ports in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's super tough. I I think it's actually beatable. I think uh, on the NES one, there's like. I think there's like t- maybe nine total levels with four rounds each. So there's nine. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap. I wonder yeah, what they stuff. do. Do you have any idea if they add any other mechanics? Uh, Yeah, I think they just, it's like more colors and more enemies. I mean, I don't think mechanics, but it. Okay. Well, so so, yeah. so nothing, they don't change the way the colors flip back and forth any more than what they already have by the third level. Uh, as far as you know. I I think they do. I think there's, yeah, I think okay. like later on, I've only seen like video of it. Like I've not done it myself, but Jeez. I think there's some extra little things that they throw in there toward the end that make it even more difficult. I've I've actually only ever seen it like beaten with somebody like programmed a task to do it, and I wow, oh really? Like, I'm sure a human has done it, but yeah, that's yeah. the only time I can. Um, because I think there's a bit of a strategy to like what you need to do is like you you want to just run toward the bottom and knock all the bottom ones out first, and then work your way up to the top. Because that's where all the, I guess, okay. the enemies come from. That make, um, I, I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah, but I'm I'm definitely I'm not good enough to make it very far. I'd probably make it about as far as you did. Okay, <laughs> it's still yeah, addictive. Like, yeah, I would I would much rather watch like a Cubert contest than like Donkey Kong or something like that. Yeah, it's so frantic and and it's just constant action. Like, yeah, it's it'd be fun. Yeah. All right, so there's Cubert. There, that's our uh, Final Fantasy break for a couple minutes. We're going back in, though, boys. All right, um, let me, let me put on my helmet. Robert, said, Hold on. Robert <laughs> said in 15 minutes he's going to go over both his games. We're at uh, nine minutes, okay. and he hasn't even gotten the final okay, right, right. yet. I'm going to try. Okay, shit. I'm going to try to not. <laughs> t- I'm not going to take too long. Final <laughs> Fantasy. Okay, so as all of our listeners probably know, I'm playing through all of the Final Fantasies in order. I'm on six now. Ooh. Six is one of the more, uh, it's one of the more famous ones, I guess. A lot lot of people consider this like one of the best RPGs, uh, one of the best Final Fantasies, all that. It's, it's, it gets very high praise. Came out in 1994. It was released in the United States as Final Fantasy three. This, this is the last Final Fantasy that was numbered differently in the United States than it was in Japan. The next one, of course, was 7, and they called that 7 here, and from then on, we got everything that they did. Um, One of the coolest things about this, especially compared to 
one through five is that the story is constantly developing throughout the whole throughout the whole game. There are there, there's not like hours and hours of stretches where nothing happens besides you just going through dungeons and stuff like they do a much better job of pacing the story and interspersing it throughout everything you're doing and not just giving you like, okay, now go do dungeons for 10 hours and come back. And we're going to like give you one more line of story dialogue. It's, it's much better. Uh, as far as that goes, the, uh, um, the whole story is, is based on, there are these things called espers, which are kind of like summons. Uh, in fact, some of the, in fact, like, uh, Ifrit and Shiva, they appear as espers, uh, which again, they're, they're basically summons with like, kind of like a, a little, just like a little bit of difference for, for this particular game. Um, and the, uh, like the empire is trying to harness them for their energy. Uh, they're, they're a race of magical people that they are like, all right, we're going to kind of like suck all the magic out of them and then basically just like throw them away. That's the that's the two second setup of of the story. You um, it starts off with this girl named Celeste, and I'm sorry, Tara, and she is somebody who has some kind of sensitivity to the to the espers. She can communicate them. The this empire has managed to capture her and and force her to kind of work for them. And then you kind of get picked up with, with she basically kind of escapes and some guy helps her escape and you kind of take over from there and you pick up a whole bunch of other party members uh, as you as you go through the story. The uh, the first act, so this one is is really, really just two acts, which is all, most of the, well, I say most, a lot of the Final Fantasies that came before this one were all kind of like three act games and... I felt like that was really forced. This one feels like it it's a much more organic story. They don't force a lot of stuff in that doesn't need to be there. Um, and they do a good job of keeping things interesting along with the story kind of constantly unfolding, particularly in the first act. There are so many different things happening. There's sequences where you're, where you're right, especially at the beginning where you are controlling uh, not, when you're in battle and when you're moving around, you're not just characters, but you're in magic. They're called Magitech tanks. They're tanks that are kind of partially powered by magic. So you get these special ability, abilities that the tanks have. There's a part where you go on a where you're like on a wooden raft ride and going like you know down these rivers and stuff. There's uh so you know there's some conventional stuff mixed in. There's a part with a ghost train where uh, you're on you end up on this train that is uh, the train that takes people to the afterlife when they die. There's a minecart ride. There is an opera. There's an awesome opera house scene where you are fighting through an opera house and you're listening to the opera go on while you're going through it and find bad guys and stuff. Um, later on, there's a there's a magic. There's a tower. This isn't the first act anymore, but later on in the game, there's a tower that you go through and you're only allowed to use magic in the tower. Um, they just do like a great job of mixing it up. There. Um, when you get to the second act, it's actually, so by the time you get to the second act, you've unlocked all of the main characters in the game, but there are still are more characters to find some of the, uh, I think there were all, all or most of the ones that you find in the second act are optional. Um, but 
so basically between the at the end of the first act um kefka who's the villain in this game who people really love kefka for how bad and how evil he is like they, they like they like him as a character they like that you know the 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 writers kind of created a character that's just so bad i find him a little bit overrated to me he yeah he's pretty terrible like there are espers like like i mentioned earlier uh, shiva and ifrit for instance that he sucks all the energy from them and then he literally tosses them into just this like trash bin more or less in in this facility that they're in which especially if you've played other final fantasies coming coming up to this one it's like that just seems so terrible because they are these really important kind of like very powerful figures and he's just taking them for whatever value he can get out of them and literally throwing them away so like scenes like that are kind of moving it is kind of um it is kind of sad to see like the terrible things that he does but at the end of the day he's still kind of cartoonish and I, I don't know. For me, I just don't get as much of a. I he he doesn't hit me as hard as he does a, a lot of other people. But also, I didn't play this game when I was a kid, so that that may part of it, be part of it as well. But you get all the main characters in the first act, and then at the very end of that one, he basically does something that more or less like is catastrophic to the world. The whole entire landscape of the world changes and he essentially takes over the world about halfway through the game to the point that there's a town that said like, we're not going to follow him. And he just destroys the town. He has a single weapon uh, on his tower that just burns the, that like scorches the entire town. So everybody, you wake up in the second act as one of the characters, Celeste, she's been essentially in a coma for a year. She wakes up, and you and you are playing as her, just her at this point, and you're going around trying to like kind of get your bearings, figure out what's going on, and um, you find like this town that's just burned burnt to bits because of Kefka. Everybody's everybody's scared about what's going to happen. Everybody's depressed that the world is so destroyed. Everybody's like, you know, afraid of of you know, if are they going to be killed next? It's uh, it really goes into kind of like some 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 dark territory that other Final Fantasy games kind of touch on, but they don't really show you the human side of so much. Like in other games, in other Final Fantasy installments, it might be like you talk to an NPC and they'll be and they'll say something like, I. Uh, our village was destroyed. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Like you don't really get much emotion out of them in the in the previous ones. Um, they do a really good job of bringing all that out in this one and really making you feel for the for the characters in this. Whether whether they're main characters or just NPCs, it does make you like kind of put yourself in their place and, and feel the things that they're going through. Um, this is really the first Final Fantasy out of these that that does that at all. So it does a really good job with that. Um, Travis, how are you doing? Do you need? Do you need? Do I need to let you head out? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm I'm hanging in here. Is Jake or is uh, Jay still pissing? He, no, I'm here. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh he, got, I thought he fell in. <laughs> thought he fell in. <laughs> oh, I was I've been, I've been back for a while. <laughs> oh, good. Thank goodness. I was starting to worry. I was about to send one of you guys a message. It's like we might need to call a search <laughs> party for Jake. <laughs> nah. nah, he's good. Amateur poops. <laughs> so uh I, i'm curious though so so far you've been making i mean clearly you've played other final fantasy games you you had some comments on 10 mm -hmm. uh, but you've been playing through them in order mm -hmm. 
up through six, uh, what, what's your what's been your favorite so far? What's been the one? What's the winner? Good question. I'm gonna. Can I save it for the end? Can I keep you on the edge of your seat? And and, and is that okay? Or you just need to know right now? Uh, you can put me right on the edge of the seat. All right, I'm gonna put you right. Let, all right, that, good question. I'm gonna keep you on the edge of your seat for just a minute, okay? All right, I'm 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 on the edge. <laughs> okay, you're on the edge. Um, a few more things. I'm trying not to take too long in this. Uh, this this game had some of the saddest moments, honestly, that I've actually seen in in games. Uh, not just Final Fantasy, definitely for Final Fantasy, but like. So there's here's a couple spoilers for the next like couple minutes. So if anybody wants to skip ahead, but there's one scene fairly early, like within the first ten hours or so, um, going back to the ghost train that I mentioned. Um, so at, before you get on this ghost train, one th- one of the things Kefka has done has is he there's a castle that that his army was trying to uh, break into, and instead of like doing it the old-fashioned way what he does is he poisoned he had the water poisoned so it kills everybody you know men women children warriors civilian you know soldiers and civil or in civilians it doesn't matter they it killed them all one of the characters that you come across at this point uh cyan he was he worked for the king of that castle somehow he avoided getting poisoned but his wife and and kid died because of the poisoning well when you're on the ghost train, which I said it takes people to the afterlife, you go through the ghost train, and it's basically a, a big, long dungeon. You get to the end. The final boss of the ghost train is you fight the train itself, which is, which is really funny. The most famous thing about that one is Sabin, who's one of the characters in your party at this point, has a uh, move called Suplex, where he jumps over, grabs the, grabs the enemy sprite, flies up in the air with it and then comes slamming it to the to the ground and the great thing about this is you can suplex the train it's 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 very entertaining to watch that's awesome it's awesome but when you finally defeat the ghost train um it kind of like goes off it's like you know done fighting you i guess and then it goes off to finish taking you know all of these souls to the afterlife and cyan is in your party once again at this point as you see it go away, Cyan sees his wife and son on the ghost train going off. Ouch. Yeah. And um, he tries talking to them, and it's like the train is going away, and they can still talk to him, but they only have just a second to say bye. And uh, his his wife says, my love, you made me so happy. Don't forget me. And then his son says, dad, I'll make sure mom's all right. And that's all that they have time to say, and then the train goes, the train goes away. Ouch. I mean, that was really something else, I thought. That, like, that really, that was really, really touching to me. Um, And then later on, not not to the, not up to the same level as that, but you wake, when you wake up as Celeste after being in a, you know, basically a coma for a year, it was Sid that was taking care of her. Um, She wakes up, it's just her and Sid, and basically Sid, like, has used up all his energy He's an old man at this point, and he he's like, you know, I'm sick. I have to lay down. You go out and trying to get food for him to, you know, to like to, to help him feel better. And basically, at one point, you go back to try to, you know, feed him, and he's just dead. And it's just it's just the guy who's you know devoted the last year of his life to taking care of you, 
And once once you come back to life, it's just like a couple of days later that he dies, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you are all alone in this in this basically like new version of the world. And it's like, what do you what do I do? That was another really touching moment in the game for me. What what you do do at that part, which is really cool, is because it's it's this is kind of where it becomes you know a lot of Final Fantasy games. They're fairly open, but then they get to a point in the game where they really open up and it's and it becomes very open world. That's when it becomes very open world for this one. And what you're doing at that point is going around trying to see if you can find all of your friends from the first half of the game and getting everybody back together so you can try to def- to defeat Kefka. And it's actually really a really a good way of approaching open world gameplay, in my opinion, where everything is very open there's lots of people you can find here and there and it generally doesn't really matter which order you do you know you're not railroaded to do anything in any certain order but at the same time even though it is so open you have a definite goal which is find my friends let's find all my friends and then you know try to try to defeat this 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 terrible guy so um i mean like i think up until this point it's the best that final fantasy has has handled that open world aspect of the game period Whereas other ones, it was like, if you go the wrong direction, then you're just fighting guys who are too strong for you. And there's a little bit of that, but but really not very much. You can kind of you're really pretty open in what in what order you you do things. Um, oh man, I'm trying not to take too long. There are they, the, as far as mechanics go, they do a a, a good job of ma- of giving all the different characters different mechanics. Whereas, whereas, like, it's not just that they're different classes, which generally they are, even though they're not, like, named classes. Like, a lot of characters are better at, you know, certain types of magics, or some have, some are good, you know, like tanks, or some are just good at dealing damage, kind of like you would expect. But they also have very specific things, like, um, uh, Sabin, for instance, has this mechanic where you basically do, like, a Street Fighter-style controller motion, and then makes him do a special move. Cyan has one where he does a really powerful attack, but you have to like sit on his turn and wait for it to charge up. And while it's charging up, like the other enemies, like their ATB bars are going up as well. So they might make a turn. They might take a turn while you're waiting for his stuff to charge up. So you have this risk reward of whether you're going to do a more powerful move and maybe give the enemy an extra turn and all this. There's other characters like some of them have have ability have abilities that just mimic whatever um, the enemies do. Terra has one where she can just like turn really powerful for just a few turns and her ma- magic attacks do like two or three times as much damage. So they do a they do a good job of mixing it up there. The thing that they don't do a great job of is managing the the espers which uh, which are as I said basically are summons. Um it's it's cool that you get a lot of these espers throughout the game and some of them you get like really powerful ones, but and, and you basically equip them to somebody and they can use them that 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 esper as a summon but also each one each of these espers has certain spells where if you do enough battles then eventually you start learning the spells that these that these espers have so like one of them might give you uh you know fire one and two or one of them might give you some white mage spells for instance so if you have it equipped on one character you get through enough battles with them then they start learning the spells of this esper that's a really cool concept i think but what ends up happening is like it doesn't take that long to learn the spells. So 
what ends up happening is by the end of the game, pretty much every character can cast pretty much every spell as long as you've been rotating the espers in and out, you know, properly. So every, so they all end up kind of samey, and it's like, it doesn't really matter who your black mage is. Pretty much anybody's going to be able to cast Fire 2, for instance. So that was a little bit of a misstep, but overall it's a pretty cool system, I think. Um, I think that's about, I think that's all I'm going to say. Uh uh-huh. It's it's a it's a great game. I I played this a couple years ago for the podcast and I liked it, but I think I was trying to rush through it. And this one I I this time I, this playthrough I made sure to really play it organically. I I did pull up guides a few times when I got stuck, which I will say there are some parts that are kind of ridiculous to figure out how to advance, like how to get the story going some more. Like there are somewhere you just have to sleep in a specific inn in a specific town and that's how the story goes on uh there are somewhere you just have to have certain characters in your party and then like walk through a certain town with certain characters in your party and that's how you get the the thing to go on there were five or six times where i was like i don't know where where i'm supposed to be going or what i'm supposed to be doing anymore and i would have to look it up so that's another another spot in my opinion where there are a few missteps but overall I had a lot more fun this time. I liked it the first time, but I didn't love it. I had I liked it a lot more this time. And the ending is really good. Like you get this big, long, drawn-out ending, lots of fanfare, lots of like you know showing the characters is like yay, being happy, and like what 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 happened with them and all that kind of stuff. I will say, Travis, let's go back to your question. <laughs> How does this one stack up to the other to the previous five? Um. This is the best one. Oh. In my in my opinion, without a doubt, almost without argument, this is the best one. In my for my personal preference, I am so partial to Final Fantasy 1 that I that for me my the ones that I like the best, I would say I it's hard for me to to even say between 1 and 6 which one I personally like better. Hmm. Um, they're like basically tied for me, even though, you know, there are others that are, I, that are definitely better than one that for some, for whatever reason, I just don't like as much like five, for instance, I think is objectively better than one, but I still like one more. Um, for me, six is better than any of the previous ones. And for my personal preference, I like one and six kind of equally. Makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense. I think you're being nice. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. It's hard to it's hard to uh, separate nostalgia from the equation. So I yeah. totally get that. I mean, I have a whole channel dedicated to the NES, and uh, I can tell you right now, it's it's not a great system with great games. It's a decent <laughs> it's a decent system with some fun games on it, but I still have a strong affection for it. So sure. Um, yeah, totally. I, I, I get that, 100%. Okay, and yeah. I wasn't surprised that 6 took the cake. I expected that, because I think when I was on here before, you were just talking about 5, and you didn't seem very high on that one at all. In fact, quite frustrated, so I'm happy to hear that uh, this one's better for you. Yeah, I was too. I, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect, and I almost didn't play it, because it wasn't that long ago that I played it for the first time. Like I said, it was like two years ago, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to ruin this streak of playing through all of them in order by skipping one just because I played it a couple years ago. So, uh, like the OCD aspect of me just had to, I just had to do it. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I'm very glad because, as you can tell, I, re- I really liked it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that is... I'm still going through my Final Fantasy saga of playing all of them in order, all of the main ones in order. This is the end of the uh, of the 2D era of Final Fantasy. Yes, seven and then eight. Ooh, I'm so excited. I am too. It's 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 so funny. Even though I've heard from UJ and I've heard from Blake how bad eight is. And I know in general it's mixed. Some people love it, some people hate it. I honestly think I'm going to hate it, but for some reason, that's the one I'm most looking forward to. I think it's because I'm most. I think it's because I'm so curious about it. Enjoy. <laughs> we'll see. Travis. Yes, sir. I'm going to let you go before we get into emails. Yeah, since no one emailed me, thanks a lot, everyone. Yeah, thanks Jeez. a lot, idiots. Idiots. I thought. I know that's how I feel. Yeah, you tell them. No, it's fine. What, it's fine. One day, you're, one day you're gonna come on, and we're not gonna talk about Final Fantasy for thirty minutes. Well, hey, we'll see. I'll, I'll hold you guys to that. But uh, seriously, uh, thanks for having me on. It's been it's always fun. You guys are great. Well, thank you for coming. Is there anything you would like to? I mean, we got we kind of got our plugs out of the way, but anything else you want to plug? What do you have coming up? Well, I guess you even told us that already. Tell you say whatever you want to say before we let you go. <laughs> well, I want to say hey to Chase the Night Cleaner because I know he's a fixture on the show and he probably wrote in and I'm going to miss it, but uh, that guy rules. Uh, yep. And <laughs> but he didn't address the email to me, which hurts. No, just Michelle. Um, <laughs> damn it. I'll ask you. I'll ask you his his Michelle question. Can you name one alcoholic drink that you are no longer able to consume, either due to particularly bad memories associated with it or because of the taste texture after effects? Man, I, no. Uh, no. Although I think I can name a few drinks where that should happen. <laughs> okay. Um, pointing to Jaeger and tequila as we speak. But no, those those things are they're still fine going down. But okay. I have gone through like a stint. There's been like a week where I thought if I heard the word vodka again, I was going to explode. Oh, so. really? Yeah, it's uh, but you know we you know we've outgrown that. We're, we're you got fine. through it. You got through it. You got through it. Powered through. We're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess to to plug the future things. Well, well thanks for the opportunity again. Thank you uh, for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, yeah, no, no problem at all. Polykill podcast. That's the one about the backlogs. Comes out every other Tuesday. Then we got the drunk friend. That's going to drop tomorrow with uh, Snesh drunk. That comes out. I'll, I'll say most Fridays. It's, it's hit or miss, but most Fridays we get that out there. Uh, Nest Friends on Wednesdays on YouTube if you like NES games, because I know I do. I do. So check that out. Uh, Rob Rob likes at least Final Fantasy and Kubert. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we got Tales of the Lesser Medium. That just comes out whenever we feel like it, so don't even count on that one. P- uh, Peace Power Hour, Michelle, she's going to be on soon, so she can plug her own stuff. But we also got Indie Quest. If you like indie games, we got another podcast on the network. Yep. So I would just invite everyone to go to polymedianetwork.com and, and poke around. Maybe you find something you like. Maybe you don't, uh, but thanks for poking around anyway. We appreciate it. And uh, again, thanks for having me on, boys. I really enjoy talking about the video games. So anytime you need a, you need a guy, Final Fantasy or not, I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> really do appreciate it. And uh, thanks for thanks for hanging in with us. And uh, thanks for coming on, Travis. It's, it's always fun. Yeah, All right, take care. Yeah, enjoy. Take care. See ya. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. 
When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, Jay, you ready to power through the rest of this? Hell yeah, I'm losing my voice, but I'm here for it. All right, that's, 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 a, that's dedication. Uh, so is it email, am I leaving anything out, or is it time just to jump into emails now? I think it's email time, you're right? You're to top five, which we don't do anymore, so that, that's probably what you're thinking. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, I meant to ask you, Jay, you've played six. Have you played six? Yeah, a long time ago. I've touched it like off and on every once in a while, but I've never been able to get through it again. I, I, I really enjoyed it when I was younger, but it's been... It's been a minute. Okay, so you did really like it. You just don't. It's just been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious about what, what what your thoughts on it were. It was one of the games that I played with a close friend of mine. So we kind of did like a two player playthrough. If that makes sense, we would just like play together when I was at his house. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't play the entire time, but I still really enjoyed it. <clears throat> okay. All right. Yeah. I as I said, I, I really liked it even more than the first time. Okay. Emails, we got a few of them, so let's 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 hit these bad boys. First one is from Chuck. Jay, the uh, the title of this email is Diablo Two. Oh God. <laughs> Chuck says, "Hey guys, let's take a moment and hate on Blizzard. <laughs> Even though Blizzard sucks, I bought Diablo Two Resurrected for my Switch on release day. I'm sorry, sorry Chuck, because I loved the game back in high school. I figured." Hey, this would be a great game to pick up here and there while on the go. I downloaded it overnight, eagerly anticipating getting into it the next day. So the next day, I got out my Switch while out and about during the day, started up the game. Guess what? You have to be logged in to both Switch Online and Battle.net to play Diablo 2 Resurrected so it doesn't work when you take your Switch on the go. Thanks, Blizzard. Fuck you very much for killing half the value of having a mobile console. Classic. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Love it. Another person who's not going to buy shit from them. It's just so crazy to me. It's nuts. I'm, I'm sorry, Chuck, that you, that you had that experience. I, it sucks. It blows. Yep. Okay, next one is from Mike. I like this. He says, an email sure to excite Rob. Oh, Hello, CGP. This is Mike chiming in for the first time in a few episodes. I noticed the email section of the show has been a little slow, so I'll do my part to bring some excitement by talking about a game I played for the first time that Rob loves. In the year 2021, I finally played... What do you think it is? Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid 1. There you go. Rob, you set the the expectations sky high for me with this series. I was worried I would be let down, and well, here are my thoughts. Let's get the bad out of the way. I bought the piece one. I bought the PC port on GOG. Okay, I can see this not being. I can see. I can. I can see this not translating well to PC, even though I've never tried it. Uh, he says I could not find a version to play on PS4 or Vita, so I had to go through GOG. This issue may ring true across all versions of the game, but the controls are rough. Even playing with the PS4 controller, they were clunky at best. The button layout was awkward, and I can't tell you how many times I made Snake crawl by accident in the middle of a fight. Honestly, honestly, Mike, that's that might just be the. I, I think I pretty much have the same the, the same problem. That might just be the game. Um. 
I normally can deal with dated controls from games of this time period, but this is very distracting and a huge strike against this game. However, this is my only major complaint. Now on to the aspects I found dated, but still charming. 1. 1998 was a rough time for graphics. This game personified graphics of the 64-bit era, era with blocky characters that have no eyes and sometimes no mouth. Still, I have a lot of nostalgia for this era, so I actually semi-enjoyed the graphics. 2. The voice acting could be silly while remaining entertaining. In particular, David Hayter as Snake was the perfect combination of awesome and over-the-top. Never have I heard a manlier dying scream from a video game character. Mike, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. David Hayter does an amazing job. And yes, I love how it's uh, like si like simultaneously awesome and, and ridiculous. He says, finally, these were aspects I appreciated. One, despite the awful controls, the boss fights were awesome. The presentation combined with the boss characters themselves hold up well to today's standards, in my opinion. This brought me back to a time in gaming where you actually had to die several times before figuring out the boss's attack pattern and a proper strategy to beat them. Rob, I see why you put all Metal Gear bosses in the top boss fights in one of the earlier in one of the earlier episodes. You remember that, Jay? Yeah, I do. I actually had forgotten about that, but I remember it now that he says it out that he pointed it out. Plus this time plus this started the magnificent long running feud between you and Jay over your Metal Gear love affair. Two I can't think of any game from this time that could measure up to Metal Gear Solid's cinematic presentation. I heard that it was groundbreaking, and I can see how game cinematics today are influenced by MGS1. From the opening credits that reminded me of a Bond film to the final car chase out of Shadow Moses, this was the closest a video game got to a movie in 1998. Three, I loved the storytelling. One of my college roommates described this game as made by a Japanese man based on American action and spy movies from the 80s and 90s. Those influences were certainly there, but it was so much more. Government conspiracies, one double cross after another, and Kojima's outside-the-box storytelling style. I could write a whole essay on this, but we'll stop here. I already bought Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 HD collection on the Vita and look forward to playing those. While Metal Gear Solid is certainly dated with its controls and graphics, it got me excited enough to continue the rest of the series. I am now playing another classic both of you love, Earthbound. Ooh. I'm enjoying it so far. Keep up the great work, gentlemen, Mike. Mike, I love it. I hey, great email. Thanks for, thanks for writing in. Fantastic email. I agree with basically every single thing you just said. Um, all the things you pointed out are things that I love about it also. Um, and I'm very glad also to hear that you're, that you're playing earthbound. That's, that's, I nice. want to hear about it. I want to hear about it in the future. Tell us your thoughts and love to, I mean, MGS, you know, Robert and I used to fight a lot about it. I don't have nearly as much animosity towards it anymore, but I would <laughs> love to hear your thoughts on earthbound. Oh uh, yeah. Definitely want to hear earthbound as well as the other metal gear solid ones. Let us, let us know when you, when you get done with any of those. All right, uh, let me make sure I'm not skipping. Okay, we actually have two. We have Somehow we, we have two emails from Chase the Night Cleaner, so that's cool. He says, uh, yeah, first one, happy email day. Chase says, uh, hello, gentlemen, Chase the Night, Clear, Night Cleaner here with a teeny tiny email, which, which brings me to my question of the day. 
What is one thing that you are afraid of? For my son, it's spiders. And for me, it's snakes or some kind of major apocalypse. And that's it for me. Told you it was tiny. Thanks for all that you do. This wonderful section of the podcast. Cheers and talk again soon. Chase the night cleaner. Two things. One. Okay. I've always been scared of heights. I have gotten over my fear of heights quite a bit while hiking. And I've pushed myself really hard. Yeah. The idea of getting stuck in a cave and then water filling up is the most terrifying thing in the world to me. (laughs) That's really specific. Oh, God. I think about it all the time. Terrifies terrifies (laughs) the shit out of me. The second thing that scares the shit out of me is that as I get older, I'm concerned that I'm not going to enjoy playing video games as much. No, really? I'm slowly, I I still enjoy playing video games a lot, but I will say when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I was much more, I enjoyed it more holistically. I don't know. I get nervous that at a certain point I'm going to get bored of video games. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but it's just something that kind of scares me for the future. I think I I get I think I'm a little bit more picky, but I but I still get the same enjoyment if when when I find stuff that I really like. Um, my that that the cave filling up with water that's that just seems so specific to me. That's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Um, I I would have to go with snakes for me, like. Can't, really? can't stand uh, no hell no yeah get them get, just get them the hell away from me interesting um i don't know if i really have any other maybe like being tortured yeah. like that like that that is the if i had to like you know come up with a f- list of all the ways to like of all the bad things that could happen to me and put them in order of like, you know, these are the most likely to happen. Like I would, that, that would be the one that I'll be like, if I, I would go through anything else, but just besides that, something like that's always like been terrifying to me. But like, besides that, just, uh, yeah, I think snakes, I just hate snakes. Um, a lot of people like, a lot of people have a big fear of drowning, which is kind of basic, kind of like what you just said. Um, I've never been, I've never thought drowning sounded like that would be so bad of a way to go. Unless there's snakes, unless there's snakes around you. Uh, oh yeah. One more from Chase. Okay. So this is the one that I think that was mostly, well, at least partly, directed for Michelle. I'm going to save this for when she comes, or I'll save at least that question when she comes on. Um, let's see. Focus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually this, this whole email pretty much is directed to Michelle. So let's save this one for her. This is the one that I had the question about liquor that you can't drink anymore. So I'm going to hang on to this one. Hopefully she'll be on the next episode. So yeah, uh, obviously we had a big chain, like as I said, Jay's got a lot of stuff going on right now. I also have a lot of stuff going on right now. So it's just been kind of difficult for us both to um, have a time for, like, to figure out a time to, to record. So things have gotten in the way. Hopefully on the next episode, which theoretically will be three weeks from now, um, hopefully Michelle's going to be on that one. If not, we're going to have her on soon after. So if you want... To have, if you want to write an email from for Michelle from PD's Power Hour, it's a podcast like Travis was mentioning earlier. You get to uh, learn about 
basically different types of alcohol. I was on one of her episodes and we talked about whiskey. Uh, it's a fun podcast. She's going to come on. If you want to send her an email, please do. Just send it in to us and we'll read it to her mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Um, if you want to send us an email about anything else, just feel free to do so. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Our game of the quarter currently where Jay and I are both going to play it and you guys are all welcome to also play and write in your thoughts. We're going to be discussing at the end of the year. That is Star Fox 64. Jay, that's still what you want to go with, right? Because it was just yep. the last episode Okay, that we, that we picked that. Okay. Star Fox 64 is what we're going to be doing. We got a little time before that happens, but that, that is the current game of the quarter. Um, Jay, am I leaving anything else before it's time for outros? Is there, uh, if you want to do any post-game or whatever called recent games. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Current gaming subcast. Um, Current gaming subcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I do real quick because I have been playing Metroid Dread. And um, I don't have... I really don't have a lot to say about it. It is a... It's a Metroid game. If you want a Metroid... If you're looking for a Metroid game, this is exactly that. It has all... It has, like, the exact feel of all the classic Metroid games. Uh, as you probably know, it's it's it's... Uh, well, it's, a, it's the graphics are 3D, but it's a 2D, uh, you know, platforming game. It, pl- it plays in 2D, um, uh, you know, unlike the Metroid Prime series. It's very good. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a great game. I wouldn't say it's an amazing game, but it's a very good game, especially if you want Metroid stuff. It It's very solid and it delivers everything you would expect. I I think I will finish the game. It's I've probably put about seven hours or so in. I think it's supposed to be about ten or eleven hours long. So I do plan on defeating it. Uh, defeating it. <laughs> I do plan on beating it. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it, but I, I I'm not just absolutely blown away by it. But it's it's very good. I think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much all I got. This is the shortest current gaming subcast ever. Yeah, I'm not really playing anything else. Final Fantasy was the only game that I was playing right at the moment. I, I took a break from StarCraft for a little bit just because I've been so busy. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, <sighs> yeah, I guess that's it. So follow us at Class Gamescast on Twitter. Follow me. I'm uh, King Octavius. Leave us leave us reviews on iTunes. That really helps us out a whole lot. Or if you listen to us on some other platform, just leave us a review on there. It's very helpful. It's also super helpful if you tell all your friends to listen to us. Again, if you want to send an email, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. And as always, we're part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Check out some of their other stuff as well. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, if there were any, if I accidentally, there, there were some audio problems at the beginning of the episode because I, my my internet was lagging. So there were a few parts where Jay or Travis just went went total Megatron. Um, I'm going to try to edit most of those out. If I miss some of them, I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. We'll see you guys in hopefully about three weeks, Jay. Um, It was fun as always. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, everybody.